Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love just how happy and chirpy that particular piece is. It's uh, Ear the Dog, taken from the soundtrack to the movie of the same name as the title piece. Uh, music there by Christopher Beck. And you're welcome back to the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. And right at the heart of Cork, of course, is McCurtain Street. And Sophie Motley comes to McCurtain Street as the new artistic director of the Everman Theatre. And she brings a wealth of experience from her work with Rough Magic and English National Opera, the Abbey Theatre, so many festivals and theatre groups here in Ireland and in the UK. Well, it's a huge deal to step into the artistic director's chair and begin to chart a new course and a new vision for a theatre, but especially so when it's the theatre that is well known as the Everyman. And it's almost impossible to try imagining taking it on when you can't even physically be in the building. Oh my God, yeah. So Sophie is still in lockdown in the UK and hasn't been able to even move over to Cork yet. So there was nothing for us but to record their first interview over the phone instead of marking the occasion in person when Elmarie rang Sophie yesterday. Sophie, this is lovely. Like I was literally just saying to you, we should be meeting either in the bar of the Everyman at this stage or climbing the stairs to your office at the top of the theatre or saying, let's meet, you know, in any one of the fantastic bars and eateries that are there now on McCurtain Street. And here we are, you know, this virtual distance between us and taking up a new job in a city that you do know, but at the same time, making all of those big life moves as well as work moves would ordinarily be a massive under taking, especially to a theatre like the Everman, trying to do it this way. Oh, are, are you adapting to that sort of challenge? Well, I think you have to because it's adapt or die, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I am. It's very strange in that, like, um, the last time I was physically in the Everyman was over a year and a half ago. Yeah. Probably more, actually. Now we're in 2021. So it would have been midsummer 2019 that I was last in the Everyman. And that was as a punter. So the fact that I am soon to be the artistic director of the Everyman, having not stepped into the building in a really long time, will feel really, really strange. But I think um, we've all got used to working from home. We've all got used to bloody Zoom calls and we've all got used to how to think with other people across virtual waves. So I'm hoping that we'll be all right because everybody's in the same boat. And I think that's the, that's the one thing that keeps us all connected together. And at least I know what it looks like so I can imagine it. <laughs> 
I can imagine that we're sat in the bar of the everyman and That's we have a pair of points in our hands. <laughs> oh my gosh. You see, do you remember what that p- production was that you went to? Ah, what was it? I think I called in to meet somebody because the production that was in there was sold out. But I'd just been to see Theatre for One. Yes. Because um, I remember meeting a friend and then we went over to see the Kirkadarka show down the other side of UCC and sat on quite a cold evening um, having a, a, a delightful Cork midsummer experience. You see, there you are. So you, you've been at the heart of it. And like they say, little did you know when you were calling in to meet somebody in the bar of the Everyman that less than two years later, you would be returning as artistic director, albeit virtually for the beginning. Well, that's it. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen to you, do you? What made you decide? to go for it? Um, I left Ireland four years ago to run Pentabus and Pentabus has been real special to my heart because it's a rural theatre company and it's not far from where my parents live and uh, like I've made rural theatre for years but I said when I left that I wanted to come back to Ireland because I've lived my whole adult life in Ireland and it's my home and there's not very many jobs in theatre in Ireland and I left Dublin well before I left Ireland because um, it too big for me and it wasn't my cup of tea Um, and I moved to Wicklow and uh, worked as a freelancer there and I think I was just really lucky that it came up because I went away specifically to learn how to be an artistic director so that I could come back and do the next level of jobs in Ireland because I think a lot of the smaller companies in Ireland are run by an artistic director that, that started them up so there were, there's not so many opportunities. So yes. I came to England. I've learned how to be an artistic director. I've spent a lot of time around my family, which has been really lovely. And this, this came up and I just went, oh, there you go. That could be my ticket back home. Like I said, you've done all of that work with Rough Magic and the Abbey and so many opera companies from English National Opera to Wexford Festival Opera and all the rest of them. But Pentabus is the UK's national rural theatre company. That's quite interesting. A concept. We don't have anything like it in Ireland. No, I don't think we do. And I think maybe that's because Ireland is a rural country and uh, rural stories get into the cities, whereas England is massive. And um, like theatre in cities in the UK tends to stay in cities and tends to be about cities. Pentabus is, is not far off 50 years old, so it's been going for a long time. It does work similar to the way Druid would have worked when they very first started in that um, the idea is that why should you have to go to a city to see brilliant theatre? It's also kind of similar to the way the West Cork Fit-Up Festival works. And that's another former artistic director of the Everman with Jeff Gould. Oh yes, of course. Well, there you go. We've all been making theatre in rural communities. I've loved it because essentially you're commissioning really high-class writers to write plays that are tiny um, and write plays that are going into small rural communities, into parish halls Mm. or village halls. And what's amazing about it is you're not in a theatre space, you're walking into a community space. And that is the space where everybody's been to weddings, funerals, the like of, of all of it. And they're seeing a play there. And you turn up and build your set and produce your play and the audience watch it and then you take it down and you disappear. So it's sort of kind of magical ninja theatre. I love it. <laughs> what a fantastic description. That's so great. You know, and, and moving then to being the artistic director of a physical theatre, which has to begin in a digital space, really, really is such a challenge. It's, it's, or is it that much different from already knowing the physical building to try and curate some sort of a digital programme initially? Is it too confining to imagine that there's extra 
extra challenges because you're new to this particular building? I mean, I think it, 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 it'll always be extra challenges because I'm new to the building and I don't understand yet the reason why everything has been programmed in the past. But at the same time, it's a sort of a brilliant way to start because you can begin small and as you learn, you can start to make bigger projects. So I'm, I'm really, really lucky because the team at The Everyman are so incredibly experienced and Naomi, the producer, really knows what she's doing and has been programming the venue for the last, well, I, I guess for the last four or five months. And she's got some fantastic connections with local artists. So I'll be really building on what she's been doing, learning from her for a while and trying to imagine what, what the digital everyman is and what, what that character is and how we represent it, whilst at the same time learning more about the character of the everyman itself. Have you been glued to the Play It By Ear series? I've loved it. It's just been a real treat. Um, I think particularly at the very beginning of the first lockdown, we all, well, I did anyway, really enjoyed watching digital pieces because everybody released videos of their work and a, a lot of plays that I'd missed I was able to catch up with and then you got a little bit of digital fatigue and then came along play it by ear where you could just listen and imagine and that just felt really really wonderful I've really enjoyed it it's also been a great way for me to get to know uh, all the brilliant artists that are in Cork because the Everyman was producing so much so I think five or six of the play it by ear pieces were written by Cork writers and obviously all performed by local actors. So it's mm-hmm. been really great for me to get to know people uh, before I physically and uh, digitally get to know them in person. That's it. And there is a great network in Cork. Gillian Hennessy over in Triskel was also talking about that. And she, she mentioned, you know, that in terms of moving online, it has almost sort of forced the hand of so many theatres and venues to become miniature television studios, if you like, and that all sorts of production has had to happen between radio, podcast, broadcast and uh, streaming services. Everyone's had to sort of suddenly learn on the hoof in terms of digital. But there is also that network and that connection. And like there is a great team in the Everyman. But, you know, in terms of bedding in with your colleagues and starting that relationship, it's, it's a tough way to be doing it on Zoom, isn't it? It is. It is. It's I might be a weird one because I really like Zoom. Um, for some strange <laughs> reason, when I meet people in person after yeah. I've been on a Zoom call with them, I feel like I've already met them. Oh, that's so because, you know, I've, because I've because I've just spent four years being in the middle of nowhere in England, and a lot of my friendships have been with pals in Ireland via uh, WhatsApp video or some sort of video yes. energy or some sort of video thing. It means that when I see them, I feel like I saw them last week. And uh, often, like one particular friend should say to me, oh, it's so great to see you. I'm like, yeah, but it it felt to me like I was in person, real life with her a couple of weeks previously. So I'm really hoping that's going to happen with the gang at the Everyman. Um, because it does, it does feel strange. Like I'm starting to create these really lovely working relationships with people that I've not met in person yet. I was going to say also, like you're seeing a tiny bit of people's homes as well, and uh, <laughs> there's, I think there's something lovely about that mm. with Zoom. You're feeling the real them in a way. Creating that sort of uh, relationship with colleagues is one thing, but creating meaningful theatre experiences, you know, it's impossible to recreate being in a theatre. No matter how many cameras you bring in, it's not going to be a television studio and it's not going to be the theatre experience. It, it is going to fall somewhere in the middle. So that's sort of the, the initial hurdle, but it's only the start of 
what we will hope will be many, many happy years at the helm of the Everyman. So I presume when you come into a, an interview situation, you know, you have your short, your medium and your long term goals that you'd like to put on the table and everything will be organic and grow. But you know, I suppose it, it really has forced you to focus the mind immediately digitally to begin with. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely on it there, Amory, because that digital theatre experience is not a live theatre experience and it's not a television experience. And that's really important to recognise. And I think once you recognise the parameters of it, then uh, then you can work within those and you can think, OK, cool. So where does my imagination need to go? And where does the imagination of artists need to go? I don't know if, if you caught the Garson Lazar work in progress performance of uh, one of Beckett's novels that was performed last weekend in co-production with The Everyman and The Coronet in London. And it was brilliant because it knew, it understood that it wasn't live theatre and it understood that it wasn't television and it created something completely new that felt something in between because you had this brilliant, fantastic close-up theatre acting that was enabled, it, it was able to be very small and delicate because the camera was right there, but it still somehow felt like it had an energy of theatre. I think that's very hard to do, but at the same time, it's giving us creative challenges, and that's what we all need in a space and a time where a lot of things are really still for us and are not changing. All of the challenges are there. Ultimately, it boils down to the to-do list you have today and tomorrow, (laughs) taking things in little steps, you know. So are you a list person or a mind map person or a a vocal notes person? How How are you managing to keep track of the move, the life, the new job and everything at once? Um, I love a list, but more importantly, I do. I love uh, a whiteboard, <laughs> lots of different colours. Yeah. More of a mind map than a list, but I, I like to have things to look at to remind me uh, and then to spark off ideas. So I, I'm really missing that, actually, because in my office at Pentabus, I've got a big old whiteboard and a big map of the UK that's got pins in it of all the tiny little villages that we've toured to. And I'm missing that ability of just writing something down and looking at it and thinking about it and then adding something to it. So um, like the way you work changes when you have to go online, I think. But I'm, I also have lots of different notebooks different notebooks for different projects so that's not changed writing writing things in notebooks has not changed <laughs> well hopefully now you'll be having a diary full of cork contacts and it'll all move back into the theatre at some point but until then I'm really excited to see what you're going to unveil in terms of the first chapter of your digital curation in the Everyman and the biggest biggest warm hearted welcome to you to Cork Sophie oh, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to uh, to, to getting to you and, and really starting to become part of the furniture. And I'm beyond privileged to being able to step into those hallowed halls of the Everyman. It's been a really inspirational building to me as a freelance theatre maker working in Ireland. And the fact that I can now be that person that works with more of those freelance theatre makers is really, really exciting. And we just need to support our artists through all of this because it's it's very tough out there. It is. And until you get here, mind yourself. I will. Thank you so much. It's just such a pleasure to chat to her. That's the first of many chats to come with Sophie Motley, the new artistic director of the Everman Theatre in Cork. Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House.
And you're very welcome back to the programme. It's Elmarie and Connor here with you until 10. Well, we make all sorts of phone calls to people for various interviews. And even though I know you could have like three phone calls lined up one after the other, the mood and the humour of each one is totally different depending on the kind of preamble and the chit-chat that we'd have at the start. So yesterday, Elmarie was phoning different people. And one was actor and singer J.D. Keller, who's from Cork but living in London. Now, he's just released a new video to go with his single Give Me Light and Elle rang him to chat about it but they ended up talking about the whole pandemic first. Well yes of course because I was interested in how he's getting on over there because London does seem to be just so bad at the moment and like we were talking all about vaccinations and when we might be on the list and kind of just I suppose marvelling really at how amazing it is that we have vaccinations at all even when the most basic antibiotics are kind of really really new in human terms. Penicillin isn't around as long as you'd actually think. Penicillin was invented in the hospital that I go to, you know, because, you know, you know, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 33, which is 20 years ago now, but it was a stage three. Oh, so that's, that's same as me. where it spread all around the body. You know, it hadn't gone to other organs because that's stage four. But I've been through all that stuff that you've been through. The facing of the mortality, the losing the hair, the intense chemo, the weakness, the sickness, the questioning of, oh my God, is it all over for me now? And all that. I, I know I've been through it. I mean, it was a breast cancer for you. No, ovarian. And you're in remission, aren't you, Elmarie? I am. I have a CT yeah. scan now on Monday, but I'm flying it all going well. So far, yeah. thank God. And guess what? But the hospital I used to go to and where I did all my stuff, speaking of penicillin, is St. Mary's in Paddington. And that's where, what's his name, discovered penicillin. What was his name? Can you remember? I know it was only in the 1920s, though. It's like, it, it's, gonna... it's less than 100 years in circulation. Yeah, we, it is. We take all of these things just for granted, don't we? That humans have access to antibiotics. And of course, we can do vaccines. And it's all so yeah. new. I mean, it is amazing because I mean, so many people died of TB. And there was TB. I read a great book set in Cork by my friend Garvin's father. Um, fantastic book. I can't remember the name of it, but it was set in um, kind of like a care home, almost like a laundry, you know, for TB sufferers. They had to be kept away. A sanatorium. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there would be a whole generation in Cork who would know all about the TB sanatoriums. And we see those pictures of the, the nurses and the patients and everything is ventilated and the sheets are mm-hmm. blowing in the wind and everything like that. And so here we are yeah. trying to open the windows again. Yeah, and they were like you know, ships out at sea, those sanatoriums. Even when there was the polio outbreak in Cork, Cork was isolated from the rest of Ireland when that happened again sometime back in the 1950s or something. Oh God, I'm terrible on on all of these kind of medical catastrophes. But I suppose the point of all of that though is in your personal history, in my personal history and in general history, we have overcome and we just have to keep believing that we will overcome. And in a way that completely ties in to the theme of your new single. song. Absolutely it does. It was 1928, by the way, in St. Mary's Hospital by Alexander Fleming. I knew it was Fleming. Why did I remember his name? (laughs) (laughs) And it does tie, I mean, great timing on the song as it landed, actually, because, I mean, the song was recorded three or four years ago and was unfinished business, kind of, from my debut EP, The Ugly Tree, in that it was the only song on there that didn't have a music video. So I uh, made a music video for that three years after the song was produced, went over to County Clare and shot a music video on Fenor Beach just before the first lockdown. Oh, yeah. And 
captured all of this kind of wonderful Irish landscape, beach and dunes and scenery and, and light, beautifully photographed by a Galway photographer, Colin Hogan. And yeah, I, I think it offers a little bit of hope in a very dark time for our world, coincidentally enough. Well, I suppose the way you've written the lyrics and the way you've written the song as well, though, you know, it can represent a lot of different things. Absolutely. I mean, all great songs do that, I think. My friend Peter M. Smith, who's also a singer from Dublin, he wrote that song and passed it on to me. And we recorded it in Spain along with two other songs that Peter wrote. Now, Peter was in my debut single, Love Will Tear Us Apart. He was in the video of that with me. And he sang a duet with me on that if anyone wants to check that out on YouTube. But uh, yeah, he wrote Give Me Light. He passed it on to me. I changed the pronouns. And instead of him singing it for a girl, I started singing it for a boy. Mm -hmm. And it took on a whole different kind of meaning, actually, when I did that. Because he wrote in a very harmless little refrain of Take Me to Hell. <laughs> take me to hell, take me to hell, take me to hell, take me to hell. But when, when you sing that as a gay man, of course, it's got other meaning. Mm -hmm. because of the whole history of gay people being told that they're going to hell. So it was fun for me to take the idea of being told to go to hell mm -hmm. <laughs> and turn it into a fire dance <laughs> and a song. And that was fun for me. So that, that's kind of how the song originated. Peter really, it was a kind of a mentor to me in the first years of my musical development and, uh, and 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 he wrote Give Me Light. I love the video. I mean, like you said, it's there, it's shot on the beach and you're, it's it's gorgeous. And, you know, people find you on Facebook or Twitter or any of the socials, of course, J.D. Gellher, they'll find links to the song and I presume it's on Spotify and playlists everywhere. Everywhere you can find. Mm -hmm. <laughs> find it on Spotify, Amazon, uh, Tidal, YouTube. Uh, YouTube is, is where I have a lot of action, I suppose, more than any of the audio platforms. So do please follow me on YouTube and uh, watch my videos there. It's all good. Well, is it all good? I mean, like we started earlier on talking about, I suppose, the shared we did. medical histories that we've both overcome, which is fantastic to see how well you are physically, but like looking after Thank yourself you. in you London, too. away from family and everything like that. That's kind of tough. I mean, I can know you're living in London for years and everything, but yes, like, I am. working as an actor, pretty much not mm -hmm. possible at the moment. Trying to produce Correct. music is a little bit easier if you're in kind of post-production stages. There's a certain amount of recording and mixing you can do from home. But yes. day to day, what's the story like at the moment? I mean, like I know you also do Uber driving do. as well. So like, is that hard at the moment? I've stopped driving Elmarie, because of the advent of these new strains. Yes. So I, I drove my Uber through London, uh, including, by the way, for Uber Medics, which is driving NHS staff around the city. That's right. The um, last time we spoke, you were doing that. We, yes, indeed. I didn't drive through the first lockdown because we were all so petrified. <laughs> I drove through the second lockdown, observing very strict uh, regulations and all that. And then when the third lockdown and the advent of the new strain came, I thought, okay, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to stop working again. So I've lost that income, but I have the income from my agency, International Actors London, and, um, you know, a bit of savings and I'm getting by and I can afford to stop for a while, you know, so I'm very grateful for that. I know a lot of people in this country and at home where you are don't have enough to... Yes, and uh, Spotify isn't going to pay you either. Yes, and you're not, we're, and we're not going to be paid by our mm. governments if we don't have enough. 
So, you know, these are dark days, Elmarie, uh, but you and I have pulled through and the world does keep turning and we will all pull through and we have all suffered losses, some more than others. The UK is suffering horrendous, unspeakable daily losses at the moment. And like you said, I hope we're at the peak of it and that we're turning the curve. I know we're all hoping to get needles in our arms with vaccinations as soon as possible. I would encourage everybody to take advantage of the technology and the science that has got us to this place and get that vaccination in your arm as soon as you're offered it. I certainly will. I'll be rolling up both sleeves, so I will, for sure. Both Um, sleeves. (laughs) (laughs) But in in the meantime, JD, we're going to play the single now, Give Me Light, and uh, encourage people to find you, especially on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and write JD Kelleher, you'll find me. As simple as that. Please subscribe. I just want to say thank you to you, Anne-Marie, for supporting the music. You know, there's been a lot of talk about arts recovery and stuff. And, you know, just want to thank you for, for supporting my music. And I, I see you supporting lots of artists out there. And just a big hello to everyone in Cork and everyone who knows me over there. All my family, thank you very much. This is Give Me Light. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, JD. Good luck and mind yourself. You too, Anne-Marie. Bye-bye. He says, and I'll never leave you. Can't get you out of my head. I really need you. Oh, he's the danger. He's the danger. I know the danger, and I know it well. Give me light, he says I want to explore you Like no man ever before I will just live to adore you He's a danger Such a danger I know the danger And I know it well When everything that he is Begins to thrill you You take that beauty to bed Don't let nothing stand between you He's a danger He's a danger I know the danger And I know it well He's a danger Such a beautiful stranger I know the danger Can take me to hell 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 
give me light and you can find J.D. Kelleher on YouTube. Now, as we learn to learn more under the restraints of lockdown, from homeschooling to home entertainment, online connections have become more and more vital, but not more vital than learning while having fun along the way. And that's where Star Camp Online came into its own. Already a successful nationwide cross-border enterprise, Star Camp went centre stage when tens of thousands of households around the country clicked onto starcamp.ie and discovered magical and amazing courses and resources for children and parents available free every day right now. So to find out more Connor spoke with Star Camp's founder Aideen O'Grady. Aideen I'm, I'm delighted to get a chance to meet you because I mentioned your name virtually last week in passing yes. when Elmarie asked me to just shout out to everybody that Star Camp was available virtually online for free till the end of the month so I was explaining to everybody in the show that basically singing, dancing, magic craft, physical activity, whatever you name it, it's all tied up in Star Camp for people to access for themselves, particularly last week people were Kind of still on holidays, getting ready for homeschooling and all of that. And you're still live, up and running for everyone to use at the moment. But just talking to you before we went on air, I found out that Star Camp is actually a lot more than that. It's a national organisation. Because when you go online to starcamp.ie, the first question you're asked is, which county are you in? And you click on it and you find out all the things that are happening in that county. How many camps do you organise? Connor, thanks a million for having me. So, like, initially when we started 15 years ago, I think we ran 25 and we currently have 240 Fingers crossed, 240 camps nationwide across almost every town in Ireland, across the 32 counties. Yeah, so it's great. It's That's great. an enormous achievement, an enormous achievement yeah, altogether. Yeah, they love it, they love it. And we run at midterms now as well as summers. Yeah. Like we have an office, we've, we've a lovely team in situ, so we're working all year round on these camps. You know, it's not just for the summer, we're literally working 12 months a year flat out, <laughs> creating content, making it better, making it bigger, making it more fun, yeah. hiring yeah. staff, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's almost like a military operation when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they think so. <laughs> <laughs> but for fun, all in the name of fun and freedom Absolutely. for children. And that's one Completely. thing that kids are craving at the moment is a little bit of freedom. In fact, we're all craving it. Yeah. Or maybe somebody yeah. we can pass our kids on to somehow or other. So this is where StarCamp.ie's virtual camp comes in. So what have you got on offer online for people virtually? So basically, again, Connor, when we did start this 15 years ago, the whole ethos behind StarCamp is genuinely about making children feel good. Yeah. It's about making making them feel happy, excited, making them feel confident about themselves and all this. And we created this virtual camp actually last year. We thought we were going to sell it online this year at midterm. And with everything that happened, myself and Paul, my other half, we decided, you know what? This year needs a good, positive kickstart for everybody out there. And we decided, you know what? Let's just give it to people for free let's give let's give them all a really positive start because it really is a really uplifting program that we created and we said you know what genuinely people need it now more than ever the kids need it because they need 
just that positive injection of getting away from it all. It really does distract for 90 minutes a day for the five days. And parents needed a respite. Yep. So it was Absolutely. dual purpose, Connor. <laughs> you know, it's been a tough year on everybody. And we really needed something to, to uplift the spirits a bit. And word has it, we're, we're succeeding, you know. In fact, you became victims of your own success a couple of weeks ago. Um, you fixed it. <laughs> you fixed it. <laughs> we you did. We did. Like, I think, I think the same thing happened to Padlet and homeschooling yeah. last Monday morning. Yeah. But it was also the Monday morning before the week we launched. We kind of thought, you know, a lot of our customer base would log on. We didn't expect, you know, I think it's well over now 200,000 people <gasps> nationwide right across the country tried to log on all at, at the, the same, same time. time. <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing just crashed. So we were troubleshooting for a good 24 hours. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Some people were able to get in, but it was only able to take a certain capacity. We managed to sort it anyway by that evening, you know. Well done. It's 100% <laughs> up and running now. Okay. And as I say, the numbers like who are logging on, I mean, people are still logging on. We initially did it for one week offered it for one week because we thought we were going back to school we meaning the rest yeah. of the country yeah <laughs> so we offered it for one week and then obviously when lockdown was extended we extended it till the end of january so it's there for okay. the month for everybody who has children should just log on if you need just some headspace if you want to offer your children something really positive a lovely positive escape for 90 minutes every day and there's everything in there as you said Carter from there's the singing, the dancing, but there's so much more. Like we've done Conroy teaching, lovely drawing, drawing and pictures every day. We have baking, we have science experiments, we have magic with Keith Barry and Joe, another magician from, from RTE Junior. We have so much going on in the 90 minutes. It's really action-packed, you know, we've jokes, we've bit of comedy it's all in there you know and it's a lovely escape for kids Aideen I'm absolutely blown away I really am I think what you've done is extraordinary in fact I just use one word pure magic well that's two but but there's no trick involved whatsoever this is something people can do quite simply Let's yeah. not spoil it for them. Let them find out for themselves. So mm-hmm. I've just heard the interview between you and me. I'm listening to the radio and I'm wondering, okay, yeah, I'm sold. What do I have to do next to access StarCamp? So just go to our website, www.starcamp.ie. Yeah. Click on Virtual Camp. It's at the very top of the page. Click on Virtual Camp. Yeah. You fill in your basic details, your name, your email address, and you're in. You have access for the five days. We just wanted it to be simple. Just go and use it. Just go and enjoy it. No holes barred. It's all about giving now. You know, it's it's lovely. And part of the reason, actually, we extended the date as well, Connor, I should mention, Mm -hmm. Focus Ireland got in touch with us because they wanted to make it accessible for all the homeless children in Ireland. Well done. And they, so we were like, my God, of course. And like, we wanted to kind of do more. They were kind of, we got chatting about the whole homeless situation. And obviously here we are stuck at home, giving out about being stuck at home. And then you forget you thousands of people who don't have a home. And it just, it it really struck a chord with us. And we kind of, we asked that, I suppose we were inundated with requests saying, look, can we give you a donation? Can we this, that and the other? You know, we said, look, people who want to can give a small donation to Folks Ireland if they want to, but oh, listen, we know the pressure people are under, everybody, the, the majority of the country, yep. please can't, and, and they must look after themselves. But for those who wanted to, we, we asked that they would. But, but that's, a, that's a by the way. The most important thing is that people just go and enjoy it. Simple as. 
Look, I've always said it and I've said it many times before, what comes around goes around. If you do a good thing, it'll always find its own way back to you no matter what. Don't think well, twice about it. <laughs> In the meantime, you're doing something that's amazing altogether. Just go to starcamp.ie. You're also on Facebook and Instagram as well if people want to find we you. We are. We're all over the place. We that's, are. Literally. Well, I, <laughs> I have a proposal to make. I think the government should set up a new department and call it the Ministry of Fun and put you in charge. All right? Oh, now that is a role I would take with <laughs> with two hands, Connor. I'm all over that. Okay. Until <laughs> then, until that day, we have starcamp.ie and everything you have to offer for free till the end of the month. People will find you no matter how. Your door is now big enough so that everyone can get in it at is. the same We're time. Ready. So, yeah, We're ready you're ready. For the world. Okay. <laughs> we are. Thank you so much. Connor. Aideen O'Grady, thank you so much for giving us a few moments out of your bu- busy, busy schedule. <laughs> Not at all. It's so lovely to talk to you, and I'm delighted, delighted to have the chance to be on with you. You're fabulous. Thanks a lot, and best of luck with it. Thanks, Connor. Cheers. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, on Wednesday, Elmarie tuned us into TG Cahar to watch part one of a new series. And what followed was not just a revelation, but a highly entertaining and educating story of love told through the lens of Irish history. Because filmmaker Paddy O'Shea has written and directed Scaelta Grána Heron. It follows the tales of love and romance that changed not just the lives of six couples, but the story of Ireland. It's a heartfelt storyline spanning hundreds of years on this island's history. And to learn more about each of these romances, which play out over a six-part series on TG Cahar, Connor caught up with Paddy, whom we last met on the balcony of the Montanotti. Paddy... I think the last time we met was looking at the fantastic view that you get from the Montanotti Hotel and also saying congratulations. And it had nothing to do with making a film. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you getting on? Yes, indeed. Well, we're still married anyway. That's yeah, thing. well done. We're in our third lockdown, so maybe if you could count your marriage in lockdowns as opposed to years, we'd be doing very well. Okay, so you've had so. three honeymoons already this year. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. It certainly felt like that. It's all good. But we also know, actually, you have another mystery 
actress that of course is as a writer director and producer of work for the screen we've had you on before we've been talking about why is there anything instead of nothing we also know about the tree keeper i would describe that as a, an eco thriller but people don't know or by the time they've heard the two of us having a conversation they'll certainly know that you're you're behind a six-part series for tg Kahar. And funnily enough, it's all about love. Yes, indeed. Myself and uh, Derek Nagel is the producer from Bow Media. Yeah. Rupert McCarthy Morrow shot it, and I wrote and directed it. It is Scaelta Grana Heron, or Ireland's Greatest Love, and yeah. we take a look at some of Ireland's biggest historical figures through the lens of love. <laughs> and so it is six love stories of iconic characters in Irish history who have had an impact on the world we live in today, on the Ireland that we live in today. Well, it's had an impact on me. I admit that I am a committed romantic. Last Wednesday night, turned on the television and I sat back and got completely hooked into the story. From the word go. Look, everybody knows. Everybody knows the story of Michael Collins and Kitty Kiernan on the big, huge screen. It's been all over the world. But when you dig down deep into the kind of style of documentary that you make and the amount of research that you put into it, you find out that there's a lot more to these love stories. For that much, the country is grateful. I loved it. I love the way you reproduced, colorized the photography, brought stuff to life. And, And this week, you're doing it again. Only this time, our two star-struck lovers are Robert Emmett and Sarah Kern yes <laughs> and they truly are star-struck lovers I mean this is Romeo and Juliet it really is <laughs> like Robert Emmett the, the, both of them were so young Robert Emmett was such an idealist and he was so so ahead of the times he was 15 when he went to Trinity he was so intelligent Wow. he was fascinated with maths and science I would equate him to a, a modern day Elon Musk because he was fascinated with science and physics and maths and he also was obsessed with building his own rockets so I mean <laughs> If the man was born today, I'm sure he would be doing science and and changing the world. But back then, he grew up in revolutionary times and he turns to revolution and to try to give people in Ireland a better life and the Catholics in Ireland in particular to try and give them their freedoms and their civil rights. And at at such a young age, doing so much work and so busy, he still found time for love. (laughs) I mean, you know, people complain today they can't get a date, they can't go out, they don't have time to meet somebody. Well... All these stories show that all these people were doing so many big things and yet they still had time for love. So how does he find love in a girl from Newmarket? Well, Sarah Kern, born in Newmarket in County Cork, but raised in a house called the Priory in Rathfarnham in Dublin. Ah. Her father was an eminent lawyer at the time, John Philpott Kern. Yes. And her brother, Richard, was in Trinity with Robert Emmett. Yeah, yeah. And went to the Priory for one of these nights of discussion of poetry and of politics, political discussions. And... Sarah would have played the harp. She was known for being a, a harpist and Emmett saw her and fell in love at first sight. And Sarah wasn't too interested at first, but he won her over. As time went on and their relationship progressed, she too fell in love with him. And at his most dangerous time in his life when he was after setting up an uprising in Ireland in 1803 and when it failed, he was hiding and on the run. They got engaged and they were meeting in secret and sending coded messages and secret love notes to each other, despite the fact that he was the most wanted man in Ireland. She was 21 when she was meeting him in secret against her father and family's wishes 
And of course, yeah. if she was caught or discovered, yeah. she would have been arrested by the authorities. Yeah. Okay, we have to leave it there. We don't want to spoil it for everybody on Wednesday night. They'll have to find out something Absolutely. for themselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, there's loads more stories there. Incidentally, you were telling me you've done an awful lot with some of the paintings that were involved in this because there wasn't a lot of photographic material. Yes, we did a lot of photograph work in Collins and yep. Kiernan, and this time around, because of the period, it's the late 18th century and early 19th century, we turned to paintings and we picked out a selection of paintings from that period that would have been of the time of Dublin City, Cork, and we animated them and brought them to life to give people a new look and a new feeling of the time through these paintings. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're really excited to share them. Now, by, I suppose, half past nine on Wednesday night, people will only be one third of the way through a series, a six-part series, if they've caught two already. Tell me about the other four pairings that you've selected for, for the series. Yes, of course. The next episode after that is Oscar Wilde and Lord Alfred Douglas, Bosey. Bosey, yeah. So Oscar Wilde, at the height of his fame and success as a playwright, was having a scandalous affair with Lord Alfred Douglas. Wilde himself was married with two kids. Bosey, Lord Alfred Douglas, his father was becoming aware of this relationship that was going on and he, he was the, the Marquess of Queensbury and he was determined to bring Wilde down. And so it's the yeah. story of Wilde and his love affair and the drama that was caused because of it. Yeah, well, there you go. And the Marquess of Queensbury rules didn't rule, I'm afraid. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you also have Queen Artillery. What a classic yes. story that is. What a great classic and very cork story yeah. about Queen Art O'Leary, about Art O'Leary, who is buried out in Kilcray Abbey. Beautiful spot, and recommend anybody to visit. And of course, Eileen Duffney Connell, who was the aunt of the liberator, Daniel O'Connell, she fell madly in love with Art O'Leary. She saw him on the market square in McCroom one day. And when he was murdered very young by the, by the uh, local sheriff, she composed the Queen in yeah. honour of his life, his story, his character, and it is timeless and ageless, and yeah. it has been called the greatest poem ever written in these islands. So it is one to watch, and it's, again, a different era, and again, we use paintings of that era and of time to bring into life. Unfortunately, I'd say one of your next pairings would disagree with you over whether or not it was the greatest poem ever written because <laughs> yeah. the next man is a poet himself. Yes, indeed. W.B. Yeats and Maud Gone. And when I started researching this story, I realised that Maud Gone was looking like she was going to outshine W.B. Yeats because when you start to look into her story, the amount of things she did and how busy a woman she was and how much she worked for the poor people of Ireland and for evictions and... She not only inspired Yeats to do some of his greatest work, but she inspired people of Ireland to stand up and to be counted and to, you know, free themselves. So yeah. she really was a powerful figure and a powerful woman. And, and the two of them live such long lives that there's so much story to tell that it's very hard to condense it into a half an hour documentary. But yeah, yeah. what is there is just fascinating. They were fascinating people and they, they were like two... They were like two stars intertwined. They just kept swinging around each other. They would fall out. They'd come back together. They'd go away again and come back. They just could not, you know, they, it was like they were status yeah. to be entangled for, for all their lives, you know. Now, speaking of powerful women, that's how the series will close. Yes, indeed. I think the series will close on our best episode with a powerful woman, Grainne Whale, the Pirate Queen. We've all known the legend, but I feel our episode really gets into who the person was, who yeah. she was, yeah. and how she lived, and the time she lived in, because... It's very hard to get a grasp on the 16th century because it was so long ago and the records are, there's yeah. records there, but they're far and few between. But 
we had some amazing contributors on this episode and they really gave us amazing insight into who she was and what her life was like. Yeah, you're going back to the time of Shakespeare and all of the drama. Yeah, the, the Tudors and the Tudors' yes. conquest of Ireland. Yes, you know? yes. Um, when we started looking at it and when we started hearing from our historian experts, we realised how much it is like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Ireland in the 16th century with the Gaelic Ireland and the Tudors, it was Game of Thrones. They both felt that they were equally powerful, although we were obviously punching way above our weight, both in, <laughs> well, in the island and at sea. Yes. Listen, did you find the whole experience, obviously the amount of research, work, the amount of people that you worked with and all of that, do you feel richer as a result of it? Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? I feel privileged to tell these people's stories, to get mm. an opportunity to tell their stories. Yeah. You know, I was always a fan of Mikey Collins and Yates and just to discover a deeper understanding of who they were and their lives and to be given the opportunity to tell their stories was just a privilege it really was you really start to realise how rich a tapestry there is in Ireland and how all these things feed into where we are today and how, how we you know the journey or the pathway the country took was influenced by all these people I'll tell you one thing I think any, anyone who starts to follow this series or who's already following this series not alone will they be entertained they'll also be educated a little bit of history real history rather than stuff that's being made up a little bit of escapism is good but I also think that a little bit of history done well is is good for our sense of place and knowing who we are and where we came from as well as being yeah. entertained you know for a night and look when you look at history through love stories everyone loves a good romance everyone loves a good love story I don't care yeah. you know <laughs> how macho you think you are everyone will admit at the end that everyone loves a good love story and everyone's looking for love and this series shows that these people despite how important the work they were doing or you know, how busy they were writing poetry or being the biggest playwright in the world, they still could not resist the pull of love and the draw of love or finding someone, finding their soulmate. And love just, it really conquers all. It, it takes people's lives and it's like, okay, you might think you're going to have a revolution, but love's going to have something to say in the matter, you know? Okay, Paddy O'Shea, obviously, you, you've been lucky, <laughs> been lucky in love. Well done on this. I just encourage everyone to set aside half past eight on a Wednesday night to continue the journey that you've already started, a journey that our country needs to take, looking back into the past and some of the greatest loves of Irish history. Scaelta Gra Naheran. Paddy O'Shea, thanks again. Well, Lanagi Tijikahar Twitter agus bigi Faramach lahagan strashin er Tijikahar gach kedin ek lahurtreish hacht. Achanish thant hamishtig so gudi an tacht an shachuing slan slan. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.